I'm starting a, a two-message uh, series that I'll finish next Sunday. And the question is this, which tree nourishes you? Which tree nourishes you? Years ago, when my, my little girl was about six or seven years old, we were up in the Bowling Green area, the Lost River Cave. And we got there, and it was closed. So um, we, we had some picnic food, and the grandmas were with us, and we had three little kids. So we started eating at the picnic tables, and we're just having this delightful time as the sun's starting to set, and every, everything just feels idealistic, you know, it feels perfect. And all of a sudden, I heard one of the ladies just scream in panic because little Abby was eating wild berries that were uh, on the ground there. And I'm, I'm guys, full panic ensued. Um, they started checking the color of her skin. They started fanning her down. Um, someone tried to get a park ranger. Uh, someone else, uh, I was assigned to try to find uh, the number for poison control. And so I'm working that and and we're just wondering, have we allowed our child to eat poisonous berries? That's not the best way to end the day. And so I, it's, just, it's just panic. And I, Abby said, you know, I watched the cat eat it, so I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a stray cat eating the berries. I don't even know that good old-fashioned wisdom sometimes is better than, you know, all of the scenarios we have. And so we know that the Bible talks about trees a lot and the fruit on the trees. And, and this is an analogy for our spiritual walk with God. And the story that Sonnet read to you is like the ancient story that carries over into all of our lives. That at the beginning of humanity, there were two trees. And those two trees presented to us two choices. And this is a message that maybe you're familiar with. But I think sometimes in practicality, we, we don't realize that the two trees are still before us. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know that knowledge is a positive thing. But for the sake of the sermon, we're just going to shorten it to the tree of knowledge. Knowing this is that innocence is a beautiful, a beautiful gift from God. But we've all lost our innocence in a world of sin. So the knowledge of good and evil, um, actually, if we didn't have that knowledge, we would just be like pure children before God, and, and we would be in perfection. But we know this is that um, there's a tree of life, which is what God wants us to go to, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here's the catch. Here's the part that I want you to see. They both appeal to us. You know, it's easy to think, well, Adam and Eve... Our, our ancient father and mother, oh, how ridiculous they were. How silly they were. How dumb they were. Why would they take from the one tree God said, don't touch? Well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't look at them in disdain because we do the same thing. And, and here's, here's what I want you to see right away. That the tree God wants us to get nourishment from has its appeal, but the tree God says stay away has its appeal too. It's not going to do you any good nor me any good to pretend like we don't want to sin sometimes, right? 
Why in the world should we do that? I remember years ago, I was in a prayer meeting and one of the church grandmothers was praying and she was praying and she was starting to pray, God, help me not to, help, help me not to let my eyes go to another man that's not my husband. And she's praying that. I'm thinking, you're not supposed to do those things, right? That's, that's supposed to stop at age 35, right? Well, she was a woman of God and part of being a woman of God is being honest that the tree of knowledge, the tree, the places that God doesn't want you to go still appeals to you if you're not getting nourishment from the right place. All right, so, I mean, this is, this is a simple sermon to give and it's a simple sermon to hear, but it's not so much a simple sermon to live. And so we're right here entering what is my favorite week of the year, you have to be careful about that because when we idealize certain things, then we set ourselves up for disappointment. So, uh, but I, I do like this week because there's not that pressure of gifts and everything. It's more about food. It's more about fellowship. It's more about family. And for me personally, it's, you know, I follow the church calendar. So it's the end of my year, you know, great, great things and great advice. I've heard five or six different people tell me this so they can all get credit. You need to have the end of, an end of the day, an end of the week, and at end of the year. So for me, this is it, man. End of the year for me, about, about Tuesday afternoon. And, and I'll be doing some reflection, and, and you probably will too. Either you'll do it accidentally uh, when you're driving somewhere or when you're cooking something and, and reflect on God and reflect on his things and know that before you, God has your best years before you. I believe it with all my heart. Your best opportunities are before you. Your best days are ahead. They're not behind because God has a tree of life for you and he has prepared something great for you. And so we position our hearts to choose God's best because we know God's best for us is greater than we can even imagine. But you can only truly glory in that and believe that if you realize that other stuff you want to do is not God's best for you. Other stuff that appeals to you and, and may feel natural or may feel like it's part of your personality or expression of who yourself, God said, don't touch that fruit. This is a story that is old as humanity itself. Yeah, it's a story we still need to be reminded of over and over again. Before you, there is opportunity and there is choice and there is freedom. These are gifts from God. You have an opportunity to be who God wants you to be and you have an opportunity to be a different version that you think you prefer. You have a choice to submit to the ways of the Lord, or you have a choice to turn away from the Lord. You have freedom. You have freedom to walk in connection and step with the Holy Spirit, but you have freedom to turn your back from the Lord, and this is an expression of his love. So God was about to lead his people into the promised land, and through his leader Moses, the book of Deuteronomy is a review of the law, so the review of uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. And so in a short time, about a month, Moses said, let's just go over the law one more time as we enter in. 
And Deuteronomy chapter 30 sets this contrast of the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of, in, of good and evil, or we'll just call it the tree of knowledge. It says, see, today I've set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity, for I'm commanding you today to love your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, statutes, and ordinances, so you may live and multiply and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not listen and you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish and will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse, choose life, that you and your descendants may live. This is a reiteration of the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And this is just like from the beginning, God says, I I've prepared something great for you, but out of love, you don't have to take it. And isn't that the life we live, right? It's the life we live. We, we see the goodness of God. We see the greatness of God. We see the fruit of a well-lived life. But there's that other part of us that's just so curious about the other way. We just want to know. We just want to experience. We believe the lie of humanism that says, get everything out of this life. Make sure you travel to every continent. Make sure that you hear every concert artist you want to hear. Make sure you have every experience because if not, your life's not fulfilling. And that is just too short of view because we have eternity in front of us. Brothers and sisters, we are going to live forever. We don't have to live with the anxiety of these years that we feel that are fading away because we will live forever because of Christ. So because we live forever, we go to the tree of life. We don't go to just the tree of knowledge as if our experience will end or, or our life will end. We say, I want everything God has prepared for me, some of these scriptures, uh, Jesus, we won't read this for the sake of time. Matthew chapter seven, Jesus talks about recognizing a false prophet by their fruit. And it certainly applies to us. Then we see at the end of the culmination of history recorded in Revelation, Revelation chapter two, verse seven, let anyone who, who has ears to hear, Revelation two, seven, what the spirit says to the churches to the one who conquers, I will give the right to eat from what? Look at it on the screen if you're not looking. The tree of life, which is the paradise of God. So the tree of life is not just that analogy from the Garden of Eden. It's our reality ahead, which means it's our reality now. It is where we go. It's where we go for nourishment. The, the, the place that God says you go to heavenly fruit. You go to the heavenly place to receive what I have. This is a gift from God. Then at the end of Revelation chapter 22, verse 2 through 3, it says in the middle of, this is New Jerusalem, the city's main street, the tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of these trees are for healing the nations. Oh, there's so much to say here. Um, and there will no longer be any curse. 
The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will worship him. This is the tree of life. The tree of life is when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up, he heals the nations. When Jesus shows up, the curse is broken. When Jesus shows up, heaven comes to earth and now earth is transformed. And all of the things that make us sigh about this world. I mean, you know, when we, when we watch the news cycle and when we, we hear of just the darkness of humanity and all of the terrible things that happen that come from our hearts and then we are also um, victims of, all those things will stop. The curse of sin will be over. This is why the tree of life is important. We, we feed from the tree which will nourish us not just for today but forever. The tree of life is a taste of heaven. A tree of life is Christ's residency himself. Write these down. That's not in your notes. So it's like extra outside of the outline. Here's where I want you to choose the tree of life. This is what I'm trying to do this week and every week. In words, relationships, direction. These are, these are just extra extra parts of this message today. We're, we want to choose the tree of life in our words, which is the most difficult thing to do. We have to have the Holy Spirit for that because James tells us, I mean, the, the tongue is like fire, man. You can't control it without the Holy Spirit. And that's so true. Uh, in our relationships, we, we want life in our relationships. We want God in our relationships and through direction. And let me ask you this question. What direction are you, are you facing today? Are you facing God? Are you facing the tree of life? Or have you turned and you're facing the tree of knowledge? Sometimes it's not about how close we are to the tree. It's about what direction we're facing. Because you can be right next to the tree, but turn your back to the tree of life. And everyone thinks you're close to the tree of life, but you've turned your direction and you're going a different way. Others of you, some would evaluate your life and say you're so far from God because of this, that, and the other and list things. But you really, in your heart, you've turned to the Lord and you're on the right, you're facing the right direction and you're headed towards him. This is what spirituality is. You know, I love old pictures. And I have different pictures I rotate in my office uh, because there's different things I want to think about and remember. Evidently, a lot of you like old pictures too because of this whole 10-year comparison thing happening on Facebook. Have y'all seen that? Uh, what it is is you go back 10 years and you find the picture that has the worst angle and when you were pale and after you'd just eaten all the carbs at Thanksgiving and you choose that picture 10 years ago and then you find a picture with a great angle uh, when you just had a tan on the beach and, and the lighting is perfect and you say, look what's happened over 10 years. Okay, sorry, it hits a little close to home, doesn't it? Um, actually too, have anyone ever thought that 10 years ago like the cameras weren't very good? So the cameras have actually helped us quite a bit. But I'm proud of you guys who look better 10 years ago because I don't. I mean, this, yeah, I just don't. So I love pictures. There's, a, there's an old picture that happens to be from Thanksgiving of my family that I really enjoy. I wish I would have found it to show you. Um, and it is a picture where my, where my mom and dad look really young and my brother and sister look great. And I'm about 11 years old and I'm trying to look like a teenager. Like I have the sullen look, you know, like... I'm just trying to look older than I really am. So, so it's a cool picture, and it's a treasured picture to me now. And I even think about it here on, because it was actually on Thanksgiving night that that picture was taken. 
Well, that, that's a great picture that, that I'm glad I have today. In fact, it, it's, it would be among my valuable possessions. Um, well, here's the thing about that picture. I remember when it was taken because I remember being so mad at my mom, so mad at my sister. They were making me stop watching the ball game. And I was furious. And I did not, there was nothing in my being that wanted to take a picture. And that's why I didn't smile. And this picture, I didn't smile at all because I wanted to see that ball game. Guys, I can't remember anything about that ball game now, but I treasure the picture. And I'm so glad that I can remember over 30 years ago what we looked like on that Thanksgiving night. And we've all had that experience as kids and maybe some of us as adults, like, I don't want to take another picture. But the pictures that we have as time goes on becomes so valuable to us. Here's my first contrast, and maybe the only one I'll share today, is that the tree of life means God prepares our future. God prepares our future. I'm so thankful mom and Shelby knew that we wouldn't want those pictures someday. In the moment, I was ticked. Decades later, I'm grateful. Can I just tell you that God is preparing a great future for you? And in immaturity and rebellion, we want the tree of knowledge. He says the tree of life is going to go well for you. The tree of life is connected to heaven. The tree of life is connected to eternity. Um, Sonnet read the scripture earlier. Genesis 2, 8, 9, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. For those of you who are gardeners, you know how much love goes into a garden. Vision and hard work and preparation. You don't just throw seed in you. You plant it out and think about the Lord out of love has planned something great for us. And he placed the man he had formed and the Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God prepared that which is appealing to you. But the gift of choice and the gift of freedom says you can have it all except one thing, don't sin. You can have it all, but this is going to harm you. And I want you to focus now, not on what you can't do, but what you can do. There's a whole garden. There's a whole world. There's a whole earth out there that God has prepared for you that you've yet not discovered. And I want you to know this, that scripture tells us that God has prepared a great work for you. Your best ideas are ahead of you. Your most inspirational speeches are yet to come. Your most romantic moments are before you. Yeah, I did say that. I may say amen to that. Listen, how many know that God created romance? He did. He created romance and, and he wants your greatest romantic opportunities ahead of you. I believe that for, I believe this, this is, this is the opportunity, the tree of life God has. The tree of life is not just going to church 52 weeks a year. That's a good thing. And I want you to do that. The tree of life is living life 365 days a year. It's, it's the connection with God. It's great acts of dignity 
and self-sacrifice where you push against selfishness and you do things like the Pentecost family has, has done and like, like many volunteers did yesterday and Friday at the Thanksgiving blessing. I believe this, your deepest, most satisfying belly laughs are in your future. I mean, you know, the laughs that make your side hurt, the kind that makes you cry, the kind that make you fall down on the ground and, 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 and pound the ground in laughter. Those things are ahead of you in the kingdom of God. It's a tree of life. It's a tree of blessing. It's a tree of fruitfulness in relationship with God. Greater glory is yours through Jesus. One of the greatest things, no, not one of the greatest thing we can do in life is to choose God. But we can't choose God if we don't have an alternative because that's not a choice. What makes the great satisfaction and fulfillment that we have chosen Jesus by his grace, and I believe in provenient grace that allows us to choose Jesus, but what makes that great is this, is that we could have chosen something else in your speech, in your words, in your relationships, in the direction you're going. Choose that tree of life this day and every day. We are created by God. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. This is not in your notes, but write it down. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You were saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourself. It is God's gift. So even the ability to choose Jesus is not from us. It's from God. Not from works, it's so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I love the, the Greek word for this that's found in, in some of the newer translations. You are God's poem. You are God's artwork. You are God's expression. We have great days ahead of us to do great things in partnership with God. The tree of life is not a tree and a choice of restriction. It's a tree and choice of opportunity. More of God's presence, more of God's scripture, more of God's people, more of the fellowship that comes from walking with the Lord means more, more glory of God on you, which is more satisfaction, which is more fulfillment, which is making life more rich and greater for you. This is the gift from God. So the contrast is this, is that the tree of knowledge God warns. God warns us. It says, don't go there. And we, we, we sometimes want this God who just affirms everything we do instead of the God who tells us what to do. And Aubrey, you can join me up here because I've got to close the sermon eventually here. Genesis 2, 16 through 17, the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree of the garden. But verse 17, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on that day you eat of it, you will certainly die. This is known as the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. It's a biblical concept that's a key to everything God has for us. So what is the fear of the Lord? We could talk about this for a long time, but here's, here's a, a simple definition that I think is really, really, really will work for us. The fear of the Lord means this. Because God is smarter than me, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to say that about the fear of the Lord. Because God is smarter than me, 
I'm going to listen and obey him. That's the fear of the Lord. And that's what I need more of and what you need more of. is like God is smarter. God is more intelligent. God understands me better than myself. And I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to listen and obey. And even though, yes, let's be honest, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil has its appeal. But the more I eat the fruit of the tree of life, the less appeal it has. The more I go to the tree of life, the more I get an appetite for the things of God. Let's stand together. I'll finish the rest of the sermon next Sunday. I knew that was going to happen anyway. I just had to find the place. So this is the place. It's a simple message, simple message to preach, simple message to, to hear, but not a simple message to live. And just in love, the Lord saying this, the Lord saying this is that, come on to me, come to me, come to me, come to the tree of life. The tree of life is not just something that we read about in our ancient past. The tree of life is before us. It's in front of us. The tree of life is in the new Jerusalem, the, the heavens. We read it in Revelation chapter 21. We, we read about the tree of life that's before us. And whatever is before us in heaven is with us now. It's with us now. It's a taste of heaven. It's a taste of the good things of the Lord. It's a taste of that. And so everything we do, we want to just keep choosing the tree of life. And we're, this is why this is not about rules. You see, we can come and give you all of these rules and say, if you want to be a Christian, do this, do that, do that. And, and rules are designed to be broken. So you can't follow the rules. In fact, when, then when the people who were alive, when Jesus was alive, they started creating rules about the rules and it made more rules and everyone just gave up and said, I'm done with the rules. And so Jesus said, now I'm here not to bring rules, not to bring law. I'm here to bring love. I'm here to bring life. I'm here to bring life more abundant, exceeding life, exceeding life. That Zoe life is what it's called. Life that's abundant, that is just full. It's just full of everything. It's not about rules. It's about connection. It's about connecting with the heart of God. It's about connecting with the truth of God. It's about not just trying to follow rules, but trying to choose life. I want the life of Jesus to come into this relationship. I want the life of Jesus in this conversation. I want the life of Jesus in this meal I've prepared. I want the life of Jesus in this home. I want this life of Jesus in this post I'm going to give. I want this life of Jesus in this job that I'm doing. I want to rake leaves to the glory of God. I, I want to fill up my gas with car, be my, my car with gas and be so grateful that God has given me, given me life, uh, given me the opportunity to live. I, I want to taste the food I eat. I want to look deeply in the eyes of the child that I love. I, I, I want to live life to the fullest because I'm not one that's just trying to accomplish the rules. I am. I am allowing the infusion of the life of Jesus that's, that he has available for me, allowing him to transform me from within. That is a tree of life. That is a tree of life. And the, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is that cynicism and that criticism and those sarcastic remarks and, and this idea that all religions are equal and there's nothing special about Jesus. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that will kill you. The tree of life says that there is only one. There's no one that can be compared to him. And so when we go and we eat of the bread, we are allowing the infusion of the Son of God to connect to us, to give us the life we need. This is the tree of life. 
And this is what's before us. So Father, I thank you for these brothers and sisters. I thank you for a great week before us. We thank you, Lord, that we are part of a people in the United States of America who who we say we will thank you. We will praise you. We will honor God, the God who took this land and this wilderness and and, and caused abundance to occur and, and uh, caused it to be a place of religious freedom. We will thank you this week and we will praise you for this opportunity. I'm gonna move to our benediction today, but when I give our benediction, I'm going to ask that the the fellowship that I want us to have to go out into the lobby and the rest of us will have a chance to go to the Lord's table for those who are able to do so. We'll we'll have a chance to thank the Lord for his goodness today. And so um, I'll I'll be down here at the front and I'm going to serve communion by intention today. If you want to take the bread and you want to dip it to the cup, I'll present that to you. Um, Also to the left, to the right are places for you to take communion in the back are places for you to take communion and I'll go ahead and give our benediction and, and, and you can just take communion when your heart is ready if you go to one of our stations you can take that on your own you can take it with friends I know some of you may need to go because our scheduled time is up now um, and, and um, I'm just I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and I want, I want you to know you are so loved you're so loved by God please know that that when you leave this sanctuary the blessing of the Lord is on you. And when we pray the number six benediction on you, it is a, a chance to, to pray God's love and blessing over your life. And so whether you travel, whether you stay, wherever you go, whoever comes to you, whatever atmosphere you're under, you're under the blessing of the Lord. You're under the blessing of this house, this house, this blessing of this community of faith. You are blessed of the Lord because of Jesus. That's who you are. After my benediction, uh, Pastor Aubrey will uh, lead us in worship. You're free to go, but the table of the Lord will be open to you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love you. Jesus loves you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. The table of the Lord is open to you. God bless you.